River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. I'm Dan here along with Eric. Eric, say hello. What's happening, everyone? And happy New Year's. It is uh, just uh, myself and Eric. James, unfortunately, could not join us. He will, however, though, be with us for the parlay episode. We will still drop that as all three of us on Friday. But for the recap episode in our next episode, it will just be Eric and I. So getting right down to it, we had a much better New Year's than Christmas. I think it's safe to say. (laughs) Yes, as we (laughs) yes, as we took down the Washington Commanders 27 to 10, not quite not quite throwing them into the wood chipper like Steve Buscemi and Fargo that I predicted, but a win is a win is a win. And uh, Brock Purdy's stats were fantastic. He, uh, the passer rating is not there on the athletic for some reason, but he still had over 124.7. Thank you. Thank you. You are a researcher. I don't know why I don't just (laughs) hand that off to you. No, see, Sam Howells is on here, but Brock's isn't for some reason. I mean, whatever. He had over 200 passing yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, surprisingly, had his little coming out party with 80 yards and a touchdown. Chris McCaffrey had 64 rushing as well as 27 receiving, but he had to sit out a majority of the fourth quarter for a calf strain. And then Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel each scored. Brandon with far more yards than Debo, but... On top of all that and the victory, we didn't just get a victory against Washington. No, we didn't. We also, with a little bit of help, with the controversial win of the Dallas Cowboys over the Detroit Lions and the unprecedented upset win of the Arizona Cardinals over the Philadelphia Eagles, that locked us into the number one seed in the NFC the NFC is going through the Bay. I don't know how the hell the Cardinals did it. I'm giving them the majority of the credit there because Dallas just wins at home, even with that controversy we're not going to talk about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, happy new year. This completely made up for Christmas, really, in my mind. I know the Cardinals got their number one seed too, but we won't see them again unless it's the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> so no, I, I was very, very, very happy. Uh, the game itself, I'm happy we won, but I mean, I don't know. The game itself just kind of happened. Um, I wasn't nervous when we were tied in the first half at that one point before we pulled ahead. I was a little surprised that we just hadn't locked in and took care of business until the second half. I don't know if it was just that that cliched we underestimated them or uh, or what was going on, really. Like, I mean, Washington, they, they competed with us pretty well last year, too. But... Um, but yeah, I don't know. They maybe they were trying to fight for Ron Rivera, but I mean, at the end of the day, we still took care of business, and that's why I mean, like the game just kind of happened. Nothing particularly flashy happened until the the Brandon touchdown, and then uh, Ward and Demo. Their picks were both very impressive. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what to say. Uh, what did you take away from this game? 
Yeah, a, a lot of the same things that you're saying there, Dan. Uh, it was uh, it was a good win, a solid win. Uh, it wasn't. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to sit here and say that a 27 to 10 win wasn't impressive, but we've seen the 49ers be so much more impressive in victories this season. So it wasn't really an impressive win. It was just kind of like a. Uh, you know, one of those things where you know what the outcome of the situation is going to be and you're just sort of like watching and waiting to see what's going to happen and it eventually gets there. It was like that kind of a thing to me. Like to me, there was no way the 49ers were going to lose this game and it was just sort of the inevitability of how they were going to win it and they eventually did. The defense tightened up in the second half, shut them out in the second half. Um, The offense finally put some touchdowns on the board in the second half. Um, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of all clicked and they were very, very methodical um, with their offense in this particular game. There were lots of runs. I don't have the, the run pass uh, breakdown handy, but I know it was uh, fairly even at one point in time during the game. I think they ended up uh, with more runs than passes in the game. So um I don't know if Kyle was intentionally, you know, scaling the playbook back a little bit just to, you know, maybe calm Brock down a little bit or not wanting to showcase a bunch of stuff against Washington, who we didn't really think that he needed to showcase a bunch of stuff against. I'm not really sure, but, you know, it was just sort of like a ho-hum victory, but a victory nonetheless. Um, It was good to see Brock uh, revert back to form. You hit on it earlier, you know, the 124 passer rating, two touchdowns, 230 yards, only the six incompletions, no interceptions again, no sacks either. So, I mean, you know, Brock bounces back from, you know, a disastrous performance um, in some regards on Christmas. Um, So really great to see that. That's exactly what I was hoping to see in this game. Um, Nice to see Eli Mitchell come in. Um, take over the lion's share of carries there in the second half, you know, uh, in place. He of didn't McCaffrey. snap his knee. The, he didn't snap his knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't shatter his knee on the second somebody touched him. So that was good. And he proved that he can, that he can be effective. I mean, he was very good at running the ball while, um, while he was in there for McCaffrey. So, I mean, it would be great to be able to have him as a more reliable, you know, kind of one, two punch. I mean, I know McCaffrey never likes to come off the field, and we don't really like to take him off the field, but being able to put Mitchell in there for a couple extended periods to give McCaffrey some rest would be beneficial to the team. Yeah. Um, you know, re- receiving wise, everybody kind of just did their thing. Ayuk came away with the most yards, which is to be expected. He's been, you know, the stalwart breadwinner uh, all season long, receiving wise. Um, you know, so it's been, it, it was good defensively. I thought that they played. They played well. They got the two picks. Um, they, you know, it seemed like they they tackled pretty well for the most part. So, I mean, I was I was in, I don't want to say that I wasn't impressed. I mean, it just kind of was kind of was what it was. You know what? The only thing that I didn't like was I don't like Ronnie Bell. <laughs> I don't want Ronnie Bell on special teams. I'm having horrible flashbacks of, uh, you know, uh, it was Kyle Williams, I think was his name, wearing the number 10 jersey and yep. doing special teams duties for us. And I I don't like him back there. He makes me uncomfortable. I saw where they opened up Ray Ray's 
window today. So please, God, give me Ray Ray back on my special teams when the 49ers hit the field again, because Ronnie Bell makes me hella nervous back there. Look at that. I You caught that before I did. I didn't know that we opened Ray Ray's practice window. Thank God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't. Dude, I um, I only saw that um that bit we're going to talk about in the next episode where Debo uh, was uh, up with Adams, which is. Did you know that he was doing that the entire year, by the way? No, I've just caught like the last two or three. Okay. Yeah, apparently he's been doing it the whole year. Um, I thought it was just a one off the last time I saw it. But anyway, um, no, thank God. We need Ray Ray back. <laughs> like yeah. for strictly being a returner, like he he's had moments at receiving. We've never tried to lean on him in receiving, but oh my God, he, no offense to Ronnie, he's a rookie, but yeah, he makes my heart skip every time he returns the ball because it's so 50-50 that he's going to fumble it. Like, thank God the one that he fumbled against Washington was right on the sideline and it could just he could just kind of kick it out of the sideline. <laughs> he's, ha- he's had that happen way too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, his just, I mean, I don't want to say he's got butterfingers because, I mean, he's been doing, like, fine, but he's just not as sure-handed back there as you would like to have. And the last thing we need is a close game is a punt coming down on him, muffing a punt and it going back to the other team and then getting another possession down there. I mean, that's just not ideal. And like I said, I've got flashbacks of the last time my number 10 was doing kicks back there. It's just making me feel terrible. So no offense to him. Yeah. I like him as a, I like him as a kid. I like him as a player. I think he's going to potentially blossom into something because he had a great preseason. He was awesome. Uh, in preseason for us that hasn't translated into anything really this season, unfortunately. I know he just kind of touched down uh, like a week ago or something like that. Um, but, you know, I just I, I would much rather see Ray Ray back there with a, a veteran presence. So, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. But the fact that that's the main complaint that we're taking out of this versus. Right. Uh, like I did, did, I did do the math. It was thirty-eight to twenty-eight. So yeah, we did definitely run a lot more. Um, just the the disappointment of it not being like a forty-two to ten blowout. Like if that and Ronnie are the worst things that we have to complain about. Uh, do you even feel worried about? Um, do you feel worried about Mooney still? Like since we've seen him kick three or four field goals now since that last time you brought it up when he was only kicking extra points for what like five weeks in a row. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, he at least kicked, he still hasn't had to make like a high pressure game winning kick yet. Um, I don't know that he's realistically going to have to make a high pressure game winning kick, to be honest. Um, it seems that either the 49ers stomp people into the dirt or they get stomped into the dirt. So I don't know that he's ever going to have to make a high-pressure game-winning kick this season. Um, you know, he had to make those kicks at the beginning of this game when it was still a, you know, a, a three-nothing game and then a thirteen-to-ten game or whatever it was the score-wise of the first half. So I mean, those are like kind of pressure, I guess. I mean, he's making the kicks that he's being asked to make and and put out there to do. So. Um, I don't, I, I guess I'd still like to, it, it's such a conundrum, right? Like I'd like to see him make a high pressure kick, but I guess the fact that he doesn't have to make high pressure kicks is great. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that question. I, I will be 
I will be on pins and needles nervous as hell if it comes down to the last four seconds of a game and he has to make a 45-plus yard kick to win. I will not have a ton of confidence that he's going to make that kick just because I haven't seen him do it. That doesn't mean he's not going to. That doesn't mean that he can't. That doesn't mean that he won't by any stretch of the imagination. It just means I haven't seen him do it. Now, again, will he have to? Eh, Who knows? It's quite possible that the situation just won't even come up. Right. And that's that's the only relief that I have is that it's got to be a really cushy job that I think he's kicking like five extra points before an extra point or even the ratio is probably even more than that. Like, um, and I mean, honestly, the, the kicks have been more direct. I, I am kind of talking out of my butt with that a li- like a little bit. I don't have video evidence, but I've, it feels like he's been getting more direct every time. Cause I remember early in the season, he was kicking a lot of kicks that like just barely made it like just barely well- made it. He almost missed that first kick in the Washington game because he squeaked it in by the upper uh, the right field goal post because the, he didn't the wind blew it and the wind took it. Um, oh yeah, so, I, I noticed. Mean, I noticed that like in midair, it just whoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, he squeaked that one through. So I mean, I, it's it just is it just is what it is. I mean, it's gonna be that's gonna be the great unknown variable that we go into the playoffs with, and it's just gonna be something that we have to live with as fans. Um, and quite that honestly, in our own that, health. yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, it's quite honestly, it's going to be something that the team and the Kyle have to live with too, because I mean, as much as we sit here and we agonize over, you know, whether Jake can make a, a, a pressure kick, I mean, Kyle has to wonder if Jake can make a pressure kick too. He has no real idea. He thinks that he can, he drafted him to make pressure kicks. He's got to believe that he can, but he has no clue whether he can do it or not either. All he's seen him do is kick a bunch in practice. Um, you know, but you can't really, you know, you can't simulate a, all right, Jake, it's, it's fourth quarter and there's three seconds to go. And this one is to win the game. I mean, you can, you can make up a bunch of games in practice to put him in a pressure situation. So I guess you could get some results out of that. Like, Hey, Jake, if you make this kick, the team, uh, you know, doesn't have to run laps or something like that. I mean, I don't know. You could you could do things like that to test him, I suppose. So maybe Kyle feels a little bit more better about it than we do because we don't have any of the insight to that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, that's going right. to be the great unknown as we go into the playoffs, and it's just going to be what we have to deal with. But, like I said, history so far this season would say that it really isn't going to matter because there's only been, what, want the Browns game? That was it that's the only game that has come down to a field goal. All the rest of them, we either stomp people where we get stomped. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Minnesota needed to be a touchdown. If I remember right, it was, it was like four or five. It was, it was not, it was not seven points, but it was more than three. I, that's the most I can remember from that game. But um, I want to segue that. Um, There you go, James. If you're watching, we talked about Moody for a minute. Um, (laughs) But no, I, I didn't want to overload the, the nerdy numbers at the top, but since this game was fairly uneventful, other like what we're getting as this game was fairly uneventful, except for the fact that it was week 16, which traditionalists like me who hate that we have a 17th game, you can agree with me too. I greed is whatever in this case. Uh, this is traditionally where the season would end and where we are right now. And we're going to talk about it. The starters play in our next episode. So where we are right now, there was a lot, there was some pretty big milestones that we hit 
including Brock Purdy. He has barely, but it still counts. He has passed Jeff Garcia for the most passing yards in a single season in franchise history, 4,280 yards. So big golf clap for that. We, we also are the first team in NFL history to have a 4,000-yard passer along with four skill players over 1,000 total scrimmage yards for the year, which is obviously Christian McCaffrey going over 2,000. He went over 1,000 rushing alone, but 2,023 yards is where he currently stands. Here, um, there's Dan. Hey, I was, I, just, I was just trying to convey what you were uh, covering there, Dan. Thank you. Where where did I get cut off? Uh, kind of about the point where you said four players to do. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> you didn't hear literally any of it. Well, I yeah, I'm assuming you covered everybody: Christian, Brandon, George, Debo. I just started to recap it because I was wasn't sure if it was on your end, and I was looking up some stats at the same time, and then you started to get super roboticy, and then you just froze, and then so I started to cover it. So, but yeah, it is. Uh, like you were saying, it's Christian had 2,000 yards total uh, from scrimmage, actually. And then Debo had 1,000 yards from scrimmage. Uh, Kittle had 1,000 yards receiving. Ayuk had well over 1,000 yards receiving. So it's a real impressive accomplishment for the 49ers this season. Yeah, if that ended up repeating, I can't wait to see how this is in post. I'll, 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 I don't know. Sometimes it's funny when errors happen like that. But anyway, yeah. yes, I want, before I, before I crapped out, Yes, I wanted to not front load the nerdy numbers with that, but yeah, first time a team in NFL history had four skill position players accomplish that and the quarterback. Um, yeah, and then uh, the other point on Purdy's thing, which you were saying there about being the uh, single season passing yards leader, he did that in significantly less attempts than everybody else as well. So uh, I think Garcia had 530 some attempts and Purdy had 444 or something like that. So he did it with significantly less attempts as well. So really interesting to see. And you got to remember, like we've talked about all season long, and, and again, that happened in this Washington game. He didn't play vast majority of the fourth quarter. So, I mean, you know, he could have had significantly more attempts and probably easily 5,000 yards uh, if they weren't just beating people into the dirt by the fourth quarter for most of the season. Whether it was uh, for good performance or bad performance, yeah, I think Purdy only played in the fourth quarter like twice, like <laughs> the entirety of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but no, the um, his, his quarterback rating where it stands right now, uh, I believe it was at 113, which... Yo, <laughs> usually a good quarterback rating, you're like 92, 91. That's how much better. That's that's how much in the MVP conversation he could still be in, even with that egg he laid in uh, Baltimore. Yeah, Purdy is at 113 currently. Dak is second with 104. So, nine points ahead of nine points ahead of Dak Prescott. And where was Lamar Jackson? Like Lamar, is Lamar Jackson in the nineties? Lamar is at one Oh two point seven now because he threw for 250 yards and five touchdowns on Sunday. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not souring my mood with that. They did kick the crap <laughs> out of the dolphins. And but everybody kicks the crap out of the dolphins. Well, to put salt on the wound too, they just lost a, excuse me, they did just lose Bradley Chubb to a torn ACL at literally the worst time they could lose their now best defensive player after uh, Phillips or whatever that linebacker's name was, because he was amazing too. 
why so, are you why are you playing your best defensive player when the score is 35 to 10 or whatever it was in the fourth quarter? I mean, that's I don't that's a, that's the odd thing about football that I don't get compared to like I'll just use basketball because it's like the easiest example. Because like basketball, like if you get to be like the fourth quarter and it's a 20 or a 25 point game. They pull all the starters. They sit everybody. I don't. They don't even like pretend, right? I mean, like all the starters come out, and you got a bunch of schlubs in there playing the rest of the game. But for football, for some reason, you can be down three touchdowns or twenty-four points or you know some ridiculous amount of points, and you'll still keep your starters in there and keep playing people like something is going to happen. And it's like no, like pull your guys out, live to fight another day. Like I don't understand why NFL teams do that. Like the the amount of times that I've seen a starting quarterback still in a game when it's clearly out of reach. And then you've got the defenders are just, well, it, we saw it in the, we saw it in the Ravens Niners game, right? That game was out of reach and Kyle smartly didn't put Purdy back in because the Ravens front line was just teeing off on the 49ers and was just smacking Darnold around. Right. So, I mean, well, how many once, times have you, yeah. have you seen a guy stay in there and you're like, Jesus, like, why are they trying to get this guy killed? Like, it's just insane. I I agree with what you mean. The, the only thing I'll push back on is that, um, no, the, I mean, technically the Ravens game wasn't like that far out of reach until Trent was out of the game. Once Trent was out of the game and yeah, Purdy took that stinger no, then it was done for sure. But like, if we're talking strictly the numbers, no, even after the fourth pick, I don't blame him for keeping him in because it was still within two scores. But yeah. then no, yeah, once, but then no, emotionally, once Trent was out, emotions definitely took over and okay, our best offensive lineman's out and Banks, uh, I think Banks actually pulled his toe when Darnold was in, but no, like, yeah, when Trent was out, no, that's when pulled it was definitely toe. like out of reach. Well, yeah, that's what chirp toe is. <laughs> I know it's just a stupid, <laughs> stupid injury. What did you do? Oh, I pulled my toe. Like, I mean, like, how do you, how do you say that it, with a straight face? I mean, like, it's just ridiculous. I do agree. I do agree with what you mean in general, though. No, when it is a three-score deficit, and then you yeah. can tell that, like, no, we're not coming back into it. Like, yeah, no, go ahead and put your backups in. Like, I. But there's no never moral do victories. Yeah, they just never do that in the NFL for some reason. You got, you'll see a guy in there, you know, like a team's best running back is still in there, and they're just handing, like, I mean, the Giants do this all the time with Saquon, right? Saquon will be in there, and they're just handing him the ball, and he's getting smashed for two yards up the middle for like, you know, uh, seven carries in the fourth quarter. And it's like, why are you running your franchise running back into the dirt when you have no chance of winning the game? Like, I just don't understand it. Like, okay, go off coach. Like, what's the plan? Like, it doesn't make Good any Lord. sense to me. I so, don't know. And honestly. But, I, but I'm excited. I'm excited for all the rest that the 49ers are going to get now. Uh, you know, thank goodness um, that they got the number one seed. Thank you, Cowboy. Ugh, ugh, that makes my ugh, 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 it makes me sick to say that. But thank you, Cowboys. Uh, thank you very much, Cardinals, uh, for beating the Eagles. I, I think that's James is still just crying. I think is why he can't make the show today. Uh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, that number one seed, that's so huge. That's so huge for us right now. Um, the fact that everybody's got to come to Levi, um, the fact that, um, you know, we're going to have the opportunity, 
to rest people for multiple weeks now. Um, that is a, is a godsend because we have uh, injuries and we have people that, that need to rest. And um, we've been given the opportunity to do that. And come, you know, the divisional round, no excuses because we're going to be healthy as healthy can be and should be loaded up and ready to go. And I'm excited for, uh, you know, that that game to occur. It's unfortunate we're probably going to have to play the Eagles again, I guess. Uh, I assume they are going to beat. So they're going to be they're going to be playing whoever comes out of the a, of the NFC South. Right. So it'll be either the Bucks, the Saints or I guess the Falcons. That would that would be hilarious. <laughs> I I I don't dude, I don't know. We'll have to see how those games are. But any of them, I'm not convinced. I I'm not convinced. I don't know if the Eagles can go on the road. Like maybe they could handle the Saints, but then again, that means the Saints beat the Falcons, which sure, that's not the biggest accomplishment, but I would have more confidence in the Eagles if uh, it's the Saints or the Falcons, but honestly, if the Eagles have to go into Tampa in the way they have been playing, I'd I could see Baker taking it. I I'm sorry, James. I really think Tampa could beat the Eagles the way the Eagles are right now. I'm gonna have to agree with you. I'm gonna say that an Eagle beats a Falcon. <laughs> if we go back to our <laughs> our theme from last week, I think an Eagle beats a Falcon. However, I think that the Saints could possibly give the Eagles a pretty good matchup. Um, yeah. I think that they can, no, I, agree. I think they can exploit some things that the Eagles are doing wrong. Currently Derek Carr in the playoffs though, he's probably going to just puke all over himself, but possibly, possibly they can win despite him. I well, agree with you. Gonna, I, I agree I with gonna you. Say, that's Tampa. not going to matter because of Carolina, because Tampa's playing Carolina and like, yeah. let's be real. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Carolina is poo, like you said earlier. Uh, if they beat Carolina, they're in, and the other game right. doesn't matter. Yeah, so I do think that – I think Tampa Bay can give the Eagles a full game. I think they can give them everything that they want and more, really, right now. I do, too. I mean, I think Evans and Godwin are are good outside, which is where the Eagles struggle. I think they have a good tight end, too. I forget the tight end's name um, from – the Tampa Bay right now at the moment Baker was playing good football until this past Sunday um, he did have a struggle a bit this past Sunday but he was playing really good football so I mean he is capable of playing in the level and the Buccaneers run yeah. the ball well and the Eagles have had uh, struggles with teams that can run the ball aka the Cardinals um, so no, yeah I, I think I've been doing really good lately give, yeah so I think the Buccaneers could give them a real uh, a real matchup problem so I would not at all be sad to see the Buccaneers in the first round of the playoffs for us. Yeah, I I think we're probably going to see L.A. probably, but like not to get way too far ahead of the, the parlay. We need to save the rest of the, these notes for the parlay when we talk to James. Yeah. And um, so I think I have a lot more thoughts about the uh, us having the first D2, but I'm going to save mine for our episode tomorrow because we do have a number one who should play and who should not play centered episode coming at you tomorrow so i think with that we need to talk about our sponsor and pray that my internet doesn't crash royalretros.com what is royalretros.com that is your go-to place to get yourself an authentic throwback jersey they cover all the major sports not just football they got basketball baseball i assume soccer i've still not looked for a soccer jersey there personally but because we are a 49ers podcast go check out the candlestick collection that i have 
right in front of us. I still can't point right with Zoom. Um, <laughs> uh, they have a lot of cool 49ers themed merchandise there in the Candlestick collection. And if you find something you like, use the promo code Shady Sports to get 10% off of your entire order. Again, it is Shady Sports when you check out to get 10% off of your entire order. Go get yourself a Royal Retros jersey today at royalretros.com. It helps out the channel. It helps out us. And thank you for being a sponsor, Royal Retros. So got through that. Now I'm going to try to attempt to talk to you about uh, our little charity that we are doing. Uh, we've been inspired uh, all the way back to Daniel Snyder during that whole fiasco to to see owners be held as accountable as football players. Because when football players get in trouble, we find out that day and it's a whole, it's a whole calamity when a player gets in trouble, but nine out of 10 times when an owner's in trouble, we don't even hear about it until well after the fact, i.e. what happened with the Texans minority owner, uh, what's going on with our de facto owner, uh, our CEO technically. And Again, the whole Daniel Snyder saga. But, however, it looked like things were taking a step in the right direction to hold owners accountable along with our, going in line with our hashtag, ha oh, hashtag owner accountability, owner standards, higher than player standards, because they should be higher than player standards. And I just saw today, I'm saying it now instead of in our little last second news blurb at the end, that the owner of the Carolina Panthers was fined at $300,000 for spilling his drink on a Jaguars fan during their loss in Jacksonville. So he is being held accountable, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Hopefully this is a step in the right direction for all of the other owners. Um, <laughs> so, so what else we are doing to help spread awareness of hashtag owner accountability? We are selling t-shirts on bonfire.com. Com. And I'll go through all them real quickly here. This is our standard owner standard over higher than player standard shirt. You can see there's multiple colors that comes in, different sizes and uh, shapes like uh, the crew neck sweater, pullover hoodie. They start at $22.99 for the t-shirt. Go ahead and check that out. We also have brought this back. We had this shirt first with the Daniel Snyder campaign, but we have decided to bring it back. It is the owner standoff shirt. We will only have this when we are doing a charity campaign. It will not be a standard quote-unquote shirt that we will have available. Once we close the owner accountability campaign, that shirt will disappear. So go ahead and get it now. The next shirt is our cover art. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you listen or watch podcasts, this is our cover art there. Our alternate cover art here, James has this shirt. It is beautiful. The fabric is wonderful too, by the way. This counts for all the shirts though. Uh, this is a really nice alternate shirt with the gold posts and the peanuts on there. And then our personal favorite shirt, our mascot, the 49er peanut, eating a bowl of peanuts with his 49ers hat on. I'm not going to speculate if that is cannibalism or not, but it is an adorable shirt nonetheless. So go ahead and get all get any or all of those shirts. We don't want any money from those shirts if I didn't say that explicitly enough. All the proceeds for these shirts are going to be going to a crisis center in Kentucky. We will let you know the name of said crisis center once we've narrowed that down. But again, we do not want any money from these. The proceeds are going to go to a crisis center and help a family out in Kentucky. So with that, uh, the one bit of news 
that is not David Tepper related. I actually don't have one. Do you have a bit of news off the top of your head that you happen to see? <laughs> I mean, Dalvin Cook got released today by the Jets. They finally told him to get to kicking. Uh, so he's going to land with somebody. Uh, he's going to try to hop on a playoff team and try to run and go get a ring. He's been terrible all season. Um, you know, I don't know. He was good for the Vikings just a season ago. So I find it, and he's not that old. So I kind of find it hard to believe that he fell off and has deteriorated that much that quickly. Um, he's not 30, so he should still have some life in the tires. I have to just imagine that it was just not a good marriage and not a good fit in New York for him for whatever reason. Um, so, I mean, maybe if he lands somewhere else, he'll do fine. Um, he could he could go to the Browns, perhaps, because Kevin Stefanski used to be his offensive coordinator when he was in Minnesota. Possible landing spot. Oh, bro, I didn't even think of that. I thought he was just going to sign. I just assumed he was going to sign with Baltimore because Baltimore could use a running back, too. Oh, no, him in Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. Oh, so that's, man. That's a, him that's a possibility. matchup. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of... I forgot know, that got... Stefanski had a connection with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt up there, but Hunt hasn't been great all season long and has kind of been banged up here the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, if you could, I mean, no one's going to pay Hunt or uh, Cook more than, you know, $2.50 or whatever the minimum rate is for a veteran running back. So, um, you know, they're going to get him on the cheap. It's not going to cost much of anything to bring him in. So bring him in, give him some carries, see what happens. I mean, it's not going to hurt anything, I guess. So uh, possible landing spot. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's an intriguing idea. We'll have to keep an eye on that. But for now, we are just the two of us. We are going to be back tomorrow with an episode thinking about who and who shouldn't play. And yeah, we play the Rams. Uh, the schedule finally came out. We are playing the Rams on Sunday, which I don't have the calendar in front of me. <laughs> that is Sunday, the 7th at 430. We need to make it a 10 o'clock game for the West Coast. I was not remotely surprised we got a 4.30 East Coast time slot for this game where presumably not that many starters are going to play. But um, you know what? I don't even know what channel it's on. It's probably going to be Fox. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to dive deep into what's going to potentially happen with the Rams tomorrow. And yeah, this Sunday we'll face the Rams for our season finale. Uh, and yeah, with that, outro music is River Road by Justin Muth. We'll catch you all tomorrow. Go Niners. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. River Road, where have all the women gone? Have they kissed her hand and waved you bye-bye? Have they thought about crossing your double yellow lines? River Road, they love the way you whine and cry.